Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. From D2 to D3. With J.T. Mitchell. Best in sports. Full reports. Listen here. Throughout the year. A little reaction Sunday on this beautiful afternoon here in the great Magnolia State. I'm your host, JT Mitchell, and this is From D2 to D3. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're going to keep it short and sweet today as I'm actually taking a few days off. It's the week of Thanksgiving. We're moving to a new house, so I got to get all those boxes packed and carried off, all that good stuff. You know, the preferred way to spend time off. Uh, But it'll be nice once we're settled and all is in order. So what we're reacting to today is yesterday's Division II and three playoff games. Both Delta State and Bellhaven competed. We'll dive into that. Then after the break, we'll roll into some basketball scores and get you on your merry way. It is the holiday season. And speaking of the holiday season, especially with tons of traffic out there, all the shoppers hitting the highway, this is a perfect time to make sure you have a good attorney on your side. Call Eve's Law Firm, our main sponsor here on From D2 to D3. Whenever you get a chance, I promise you, you won't regret it. Eve's Law can be reached at 601-355-7961 or go online to eveslaw.com. So uh, where to start? I mean, it was two different stories for Delta State and Bellhaven. I was up at Delta State and I had the Bellhaven game on in the press box. And every time I looked up, I swear North Central was scoring. It was not the best day for Bellhaven, but oh well. They did make the playoffs. There are some positives. There's actually a lot of positives to glean from this season. We'll talk about that and more here in a little while, but let's start with Delta State. They simply rocked it. There is no better way to put it. The Statesman had a chance that not many teams get. And that's to go against the one team that beat you in the regular season, get a chance at revenge, but when it matters most, and that's in the playoffs, that's exactly what happened. Delta State took full advantage of the opportunity. They didn't hesitate for a single minute. There was obviously a lot of cautious optimism up in the press box and around the stadium as West Florida came from behind and beat them in week four. 
But at the same time, it was pretty comfortable all game. Delta State jumped out to an early lead, never let it go, ended up winning 49-14 to to move to round two of the Division II playoffs. For the second straight year, they were firing on all cylinders, offense, defense, special teams. Everything went just about as well as one could hope for in the playoffs. And we have a lot of audio. We have no guests today as we're doing a short episode and then some time off. Next week, we're going to get Delta State head soccer coach Austin Jackman on the program, also working to get some basketball coaches here on from D2 to D3. But since we have a plethora of audio at our fingertips, let's check in and listen to head coach Todd Cooley's opening statement after the big win yesterday. I felt like in the first half, we played extremely well, all three phases. We played complimentary football. We turned them over. We catched them in for points. We moved the ball. I felt like for 30 minutes, we played as good as we played all year. Um, that's a good football team we just beat. And we respect them. But uh, we wanted to get over this hump today because everybody's been talking about it. And, uh, you know, we just talked about playing for one another. That's what we talked about all week. That's what we talked about last night. The love I have for this football team, it's what keeps me going every day. And uh, these guys did it, man. I just, we put them in position and, and they answered the call. Thought our defense was phenomenal today. Um, thought that man over there proved why he's Gold South Conference Player of the Year. Um, really happy right now. Yeah, so about what you would expect after the win. Uh, a few things to unpack there. Number one, the first half, it was all Delta State, as Coach Cooley said. 35 to nothing at the end of the first half. I think that's the statesman's second biggest halftime lead of the year. And a lot of it was due to turnovers. I mean, the defense forced Pee Wee Jarrett, uh, West Florida's quarterback, to fumble the ball three times in the first half. I imagine that's the most fumbles he's had all season long, and that's in one half. In the second half, Frederick Harvey returned a Pee Wee Jarrett interception for a touchdown. So four turnovers overall. They didn't turn the ball over at all, and a lot of that was due to who Coach Cooley referenced there at the end of that statement, and that's Patrick Shegog. Um, A week ago on Selection Sunday, when we found out Delta State would be playing West Florida once again, the first thing that I said was Delta State would win this game if Patrick Shegog had a much better game than he did the first time around, and that's exactly what he did. He honestly had one of the best games this season. Six touchdowns on 19 of 25 passing, 318 yards through the air. He added a few more on the ground. He went 76%, which nearly doubled the 39% completion percentage he had against the Argos last time. And just for clarification's sake... When they played in week four, that was an atypical performance from Shegog. He rarely to never plays like that. It was a tough day. He was coming off injury. I'm not sure if he was still banged up a little, and he's much better now. Uh, so so I had a feeling that he would be back on his A game here. He's, he said something after the game that really struck me and honestly extended the massive amount of respect I already have for the young man. He told us that he apologized to his teammates after the first loss and took full responsibility. Now, obviously, it wasn't just Shegog to blame for the first time around, uh, but man, that's undoubtedly the sign of a true leader. Here's that clip. 
Uh, yeah, so last time we played him, I didn't have my best game at all, and uh, I apologized to him after the game, and from the time I apologized, it was like, nah, you good, and they, they never lost faith in me, and that brought me a long way, because I was really beating myself up over that, and uh, I told them no matter the circumstances, no matter if it's windy, rainy, snowing, they're open, I got to find a way of getting the ball, and today we had a chance to bounce back, and uh, I think we did just that, so uh, it, was, it was fun, and uh, I appreciate them for never losing faith in me. Says a lot right there, and I, I want to talk about how close this team is. I really felt that yesterday after the game, selfless, and I don't know how they could have lost faith in Shegog. He's now accounted for 42 touchdowns on the year, both passing and running the ball. That's Connerly numbers. That's a conversation for another day, though. Um, and Shegog did a really good job of spreading the ball out yesterday. He's done a good job of doing that all year. Yesterday, he of his six touchdowns, he hit five different receivers. Katarian Legrone had two touchdowns, one of which, Sports Center Top 10, man. Um, it's on Twitter. Find the video, X, whatever it's called. Find the video. It was on ESPN this morning. I don't think it was Sports Center. I think it was one of the college football shows where you can go and vote for the best play of the week. And Katarian's touchdown was on there. He dove about seven yards to get into the end zone over a defender or two. Great play. Other receivers who had touchdowns, Jalen May, Tyson Gray, Nathan Howard, and Jalen Green. So just a selfless game all around. On May's touchdown, he made huge back-to-back-to-back plays, touchdown. Those were probably his biggest plays of the game because... It doesn't matter what drive it is, and there's no love lost. You can tell that whoever's hot is going to get the ball, and then the next drive, it might be somebody else. And we talk about selfless play. Defensive back Malik Jones actually posted about that on social media, and he had a hell of a game too. It was pretty much mano y mano between him and John Giles. If you'll remember in week four, Giles exploded for probably 140 yards or so, He's considered the number two best receiver in Division Two. I really don't know how he's playing, to be honest, and there's not a lot of people talking about this, but Giles, after community college, signed a contract to play Canadian football. I'm not sure how that works. I think in Division One, if you sign a contract professionally, you would not be allowed to come back. I know the pandemic hit. He then went and played at Virginia Union, transferred to West Florida, and he's a really good receiver, but I... I And I'm not throwing shots here, but I would like to know how he is currently eligible. So if anybody with the NCAA wants to let me know or even come on the show and talk about it and talk about the selection process and all these other questions we have for you, just reach out to me. My email is online. Uh, You can find me anywhere and I will respond. But back to the matter at hand, Malik Jones had a great game I think on the times that he was covering Giles, which was most of the game, he only let up five yards or something on two receptions, just absolutely shut him down. And it's worth noting that when these two teams played the first time around, Malik went down with an injury pretty early in the game. So this was his first full 60 minutes against Giles, and he came out on top. He won the battle, and when it mattered most. So... Kind of circling back to the selflessness and how close this team is 
you've seen this team grow over the season if you've watched closely enough. I know the same can be said for their next opponent, but Delta State has also become a much better team this year. And I asked Tamaje Porter, who had a great game, by the way, nine tackles, one sack. When did when was the transformation point for this team? You know, back when I took film studies in school, we talked about the transformation points in movies. Obviously, some people can have a transformation point. Some would call it an epiphany in life. They're real, and they happen in a lot of different cases. And this might be a bad example, but in terms of movies, lots of different movies, you see the protagonists have that point that you can point to and say that's when it all began to go well. Forrest Gump, for example. If you're a Forrest Gump fan out there, you might enjoy this. When his knee braces come off, when he's running away from the bullies, that's when Forrest's life hit an upward trend. I'll get off. That makes me want to watch that movie again this soon. But I did ask Tamaje when the transformation point was for this team, and here was his answer. I got to speak, I think, for everybody. The Chowan trip, just everything we faced during then. I mean, it still feels like yesterday we was on the bus, you know, with a six-hour delay. But that trip really brought us together as a family. And, you know, even with what happened at the end of that game, we never separated. It only did was bring us closer together. And I think Coach, he talked to us after that game. He brought all the seniors up and he said we need to – you know, be a player-led team, and that's when Rat went in, and he said what he said. And I think that was the moment in our season where yeah, we came together and, and we realized, like, this is a brotherhood, this is a family, and we're going to treat it as such. And, I mean, you see the product we put on the field. Like, Coach, Coach emphasizes love and, you know, family, and we really play like that. I love these guys. With everything in me, I'll go to work with these guys any day of the week. Obviously, the love is real, man. Uh, with this Delta State team, and they might just be one of the hottest teams in all of D2. And the story Porter was referencing there was early in the season when the team had to travel by bus about 14 hours, maybe more, to Virginia to play Chowan, which is in North Carolina, but I believe they stayed in Virginia just north. There was the delay Of course, the hours from the get-go on the bus, but then a delay at the game. They had to sit on the bus. They eventually got to play, got off to a slow start, really got on their A game in the second half, ended up blowing out Chawan, but a brawl took place, massive brawl. If you don't remember that, the video can be found at supertalk.fm. And the game was called early. It was a malice in the palace-esque situation. But Delta State came out of that situation alive, came out with the win, and since has been playing really good football. So what's next? Um, Another GSC opponent in Valdosta State is next. And last week, you might remember that I did go on a tangent about playing conference opponents in the playoffs. It has its cons, of course, but I looked at the other side of the coin and said that it might have its pros. At least that's what I initially thought and kind of still do to an extent. But first things first, I will say what a lot of people have been thinking, have been vocally complaining about over the past week, over the past four years, and that's that the Division II playoff selection process has to be changed. Across the board, it's messed up. There's no doubt about that. 
If you're not familiar, in 2019, the committee made the decision to change the process where the number five through seven seeds of each super region were exchangeable. That means they can move them from super region to super region, or who would initially be the seven seed could be the five seed or vice versa. And the reason being was to save money. That's an issue there. And you know why? Because the NCAA makes billions of dollars. I would assume they make over a billion on football alone. And to save money on flights in one division is ridiculous. This is the postseason. The one seed should get the bye. The two seed should play the seven seed. And that'd be it. It shouldn't be where the two seed plays the five seed because you can bust from Pensacola to Cleveland, Mississippi. However, what I was saying last week was there could be pros to playing teams you've already seen. I know it's hard to beat the same team twice, but you do have film. You do know where you messed up, where you succeeded. If you look back at the first matchup, those would be the only pros. The cons obviously outweigh those pros. The cons being that, you know, for example, on Saturday, this Delta State-West Florida game could have been a national semifinal matchup. Both of these teams were that good, but instead, West Florida was the only team that could make it to Cleveland via bus, and so that saves the NCAA a couple grand. So on Saturday after the game, I asked Coach Cooley if he saw any of these pros that I'm seeing, and to put it frank, he said no, absolutely not. And we all disagree with how the NCAA currently works. And this is a conversation that we're having that we need to continue to have until the NCAA decides to treat Division II like other divisions and make postseason play even. So here is Coach Cooley's answer. I really don't. You know, um, I really don't. I think it's hard. It's hard to play somebody twice. Yeah. You know, and what West Florida found out today is hard to beat somebody twice. You know, I mean, it happened to us last year. You know, we beat them down there in a war in the regular season, and they got us in the playoffs. You know, uh, it's going to be extremely hard for us to beat Valdosta twice. You know, and you know, it's it's going to be really hard, and that's what they're banking on too. You know, it's a, it's a shame that we got to turn around and play basically a Ghost Out Conference Championship again every time you. But it's the same thing in baseball. Coach Kennison dealt with it for years. It's the same thing in basketball. It's just the way our league is, and it's the regionalization. And something needs to be done about regionalization. You know, Division three schools are flying across the country to play. Well, Division one AA's do the same thing. What's wrong with Division two? And it's, it's, it's high time that people started looking at Division two uh, as serious as we take Division two. Because you saw a bunch of young men down there playing for their lives today. Both sides of the ball. That's a good football team now. That's a good football team that probably if they had a different draw, they'd still be playing next week. But you know what? They, they got us today, and we, it was our day. You know, it was our day. So there you have it. We'll see if the NCAA does anything this offseason. I hope they do. I know people across Division II, this world, hope they do as well. And we'll keep you updated on that front. So Delta State will continue forward in Gulf South play 2.0 this weekend at home against Valdosta State. As of this moment, I have not seen a kickoff time yet. Uh, it's going to be a very busy weekend on the campus of Delta State for athletics. So I'll be putting it out on my Twitter slash X at JT Mitchell Radio when that kickoff time is announced. Let's hit a quick break before coming back with my reaction. Concise yet real to Bellhaven's opening round loss to North Central. We'll also do a quick rundown of other sports from D2 to D3. I'm JT Mitchell. We'll be right back. 
Do you ever struggle with me or I or maybe further and farther? That's okay. We all do because the English language isn't easy, but we have the perfect solution for you. Pocket Grammar 24 Mistakes You'll Never Make Again is your new sidekick to making sure that those mistakes don't happen. From memorable pro tips to fun visuals, Pocket Grammar is for everyone. Whether you're a student, a professional writer, or just want to make sure that those Facebook posts you're putting out there every day are grammatically correct, Pocket Grammar is for you. Go to www.thepocketgrammar.com today. That's the Pocket grammar.com to get yours now. Back with you, I'm J.T. Mitchell, and this is From D2 to D3, your new home for Division 2 and Division 3 sports coverage across the Magnolia State. One quick note before we move into Bellhaven and other sports, I want to reiterate that I do agree that it's super difficult to beat the same team twice in a season, but if there's one team that can do it not once, but twice, it's Delta State. It's a really good football team there in Cleveland. They'll play co-GSC champion Val State this weekend. I'm excited. Should be a really good game. And if you're out there listening and have not yet tuned into a Delta State football game, I highly encourage you to do it this weekend. As for Bellhaven, tough, tough loss up there in Illinois. 65-zip to zip to North Central, who I'm calling it now, North Central will be this year's Stag Bowl champions. I could eat crow on that, but I'm feeling confident after watching the Cardinals on Saturday. Uh, Nothing went right for Bellhaven. There were turnovers, missed opportunities, but overall, North Central was just the better team. It's as simple as that. They are the number one team in the nation for a reason. I'm not necessarily sure how it all worked out. Um, Well, I have an idea, but I do think this was kind of a crap draw for Bellhaven. It is what it is, though. North Central has played in the last three Stag Bulls for a reason, and they've won two of the three for a reason. They're an absolute powerhouse, and that's what Bellhaven is striving to be. Bellhaven witnessed firsthand on Saturday what their goal is. They played their goal. North Central is the best of the best, and that's what Bellhaven and Coach McCorkle and what they're building over there are striving to be. And I have faith they can do that. You have to remember that Bellhaven didn't field a football team until about 25 years ago since Blaine McCorkle took over. Yes, it was a little bumpy at first, but he didn't come in to much. And since he's come in, he's changed that culture. And it's apparent if you've kept up with this team. Last year, they broke the program record for most wins with eight. This year, they broke that record again and went 9-1 and and earned their first ever playoff appearance. That's something to be proud of. The only blemish of this season was an overtime loss to Maryville. That was the difference. That was a close game too. Overtime, like I said, it could have been a 10-0 year, and that's what they'll be looking to do next year when a football season rolls around again. I watched a lot of Bellhaven football this year, both in person and on the live stream, and they've proven to be one of the better up-and-coming Division Three programs I've seen in person. They're very comparable to what Barry was from that 2016 to 2019 era, and now they've kicked down the door. I know Saturday sucked. It sucked for fans, but most importantly, it sucked for the players and the coaches. But I'll reiterate, there's something to be proud of. They finally kicked down the door and made the playoffs 
that's open now. They can keep doing that. They just have to take that next step, and that's what the goal is. And if there's anybody in Jackson who can do it, I have full and utter faith in Coach McCorkle. I expect Bellhaven to win the conference championship again next year. I expect them to be back in the playoffs next year, better seating, and maybe even the first playoff win in school history. That is the goal. Incredible season overall. Uh, Colby Blunt was named USA South Offensive Player of the Year. Over 1,200 rushing yards, 17 touchdowns. Calvin Brown, Defensive Player of the Year, 13 tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. Both of those categories were leading the conference. 12 other Blazers also made the All-USA South team. So this was a really good step to what the future might be at Bellhaven. I don't have the score history in front of me, but I do wonder, if you go back and look at North Central's first playoff game, I wonder what it looked like. I would predict blindly, because I don't know, that North Central lost that game. And look at them now. Uh, I do think, like Division II, there are also some flaws with the Division Three playoff selection process. No doubt about it. We may talk about that more later. I may write more about that on supertalk.fm. Um, but I guess in the, in the end, the best teams adapt and thrive. You just have to get there, I guess. Find a way to get there. And speaking of the selection process, but in other sports, Mississippi College did not end up making the playoffs in men's soccer. You know, they were ranked throughout the season, I think as high as number 13, but then were bounced early like we talked about last week in the conference tournament to Delta State. But even after that, they were still receiving votes for the top 25, but somehow they did not make the tourney. You know, I'm in the boat that they probably should have. I think a lot of coaches across the GSC would agree, but it goes back to the selection process. A lot of it is computer generated and the computer does not seem to agree with what I typically think. So moving on, a little basketball to wrap up this episode of From D2 to D3. Last night, I thought about staying for Delta State's men's basketball game, but I needed to get on the road I needed to get back and start writing the post-game articles for Delta State and Bellhaven for the football teams. And I went back this morning and looked at the box score. Delta State did win. They beat Wichita Baptist. But what caught my eye is that Malik Cunningham continues to put up crazy good numbers. Last night, 17 points, 12 rebounds. On the year, he's averaging 25-9. and nine. The senior forward out of Holly Grove, Arkansas, is definitely someone to keep your eye on this season. All GSC last year and is looking to work off that for a better showing this season. For Mississippi College, uh, a name that a lot of people around the Jackson Metro and the Hattiesburg area are familiar with is Rashad Bolden. Rashad Bolden started his career. He graduated from St. Andrews in high school, led them to a few state championships. He started his career at Southern Miss, where I think he was named Conference USA Freshman of the Year. Good season there. Decided to transfer out to McNeese State, had some injury issues, and has now decided to come back home and is playing Division II ball under his dad, Randy Bolden, the head coach there at Mississippi College. Rashad is having a really good year to start. 
Right now, he's averaging 25 a game. He's got he's small, but he has incredible court vision. Can dish it all which ways. The Choctaws are one and one on the year, and will be back in action against Tougaloo on Tuesday. Looking at men's basketball on the D3 level. Bellhaven is off to a good start. Four and one, all four wins coming against SAA teams. Their only loss of the year is Birmingham Southern. They beat Millsaps last week. Millsaps has yet to find a win on the season. I don't know if they have a name for that game. Football, obviously, it is the Riverside Rumble, maybe Riverside Rivalry. I don't know if they have a catchy name for the men's basketball game or other sports for that matter. But leading the Blazers so far is Jordan Marshall, 19 points per game, which is good enough for third in the CCS. The men's team at the W is off to a good start as well. Two and one big man, Bry Hopkins, averaging 10 and nine. On the women's side, Delta State is two and one. The Lady Choctaws of Mississippi College are one and two. Millsaps is three and one, and that's a good squad there. Men's is not doing well. The women's, the Lady Majors, they are doing well. Haley Franklin, she's the real deal, averaging 20 and six right now. The Lady Owls of the W are one and one, while the Lady Blazers are 0 and four and still looking for that first win of the 23 to 24 campaign. So that kind of gives you an update on basketball season so far. If you've listened all the way through, you know where football currently stands at. I hope you're more educated on D2 and D3 sports than you were about 25 minutes ago. That wraps us up for this episode. I'm off to pack boxes and try to get some sleep. It has been a long week, weekend, etc. I'll catch you all next week as always. Thank you so much for tuning in. This could not be a show without you. I'm JT Mitchell, and this has been From D2 to D3. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.